Hi, this is Sarit Switzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 273 for the 25th of Av in a leap year. So today we're going to address a very interesting question, which you may or may not have thought about. Namely, was Adam Harishon, the first man that was created, was he Jewish? So now on first glance, the answer might seem obvious. The answer you might say is no, right? <laughs> we know Jews only came about much later. We know that, you know, by virtue of him being the first man, uh, we know that he was the f- the father of all of humanity. And there are many people in the world that are not Jewish, right? But if you listen to yesterday's episode, you might have gotten a little bit confused in that sense, because we really emphasize the fact that Adam was made up of just like all people made up of 248 organs and 365 sinews. And we talked about how these correspond to the commandments, the 613 commandments, and how really these 613 parts of Adam were the source of all Jewish souls. And we did emphasize the fact that it was the source of all Jewish souls. And we talked about the fact that these 613 parts of Adam sort of served as like collective parts of collective souls and then those became further subdivided into more different like subparts of different souls and that created all the Jewish souls for generations and generations to come. So was Adam Jewish or was he not? So it turns out that originally Adam actually was created as a Jewish quote unquote or really there would have only been Jews in the world. But then due to his sin, it made things a lot more complicated and it became a lot more subdivided. And then there was this whole thing where there were Jews and non-Jews and all this kind of stuff and things like that. And we know that many generations went by where actually there were no Jews, there were no manifest Jews. And that whole original plan that God had for creation in creating this person who you know, we wouldn't have called it a Jew at the time because it was there. A Jew is only a Jew by virtue of other people not being a Jew. Like a Jew comes from in Hebrew the word Yehudi. It's like the the tribe of Yehuda or Israel, the the nation of Israel. We could say like you know, there's different ways that we could think about it, but it's sort of like you're only a Jew if there's a non-Jew to to contrast that with, right? So if Adam had not sinned, then he would have fulfilled. God's mission through the 613 commandments in this more straight, direct way. But due to his sin, then life became more complicated. The world became more complicated. Now there were lots of different nations in the world, not all of them Jewish, most of them actually not Jewish and everything. And then really, we only see the beginning of the Jewish nation happen with the advent of the forefathers, beginning with Avraham and then Yitzchak, and then really ultimately Yaakov. And Yaakov, as we'll learn today, Yaakov is the main character of our 
uh, of our portion today that we're going to be learning, he is really known as like the real like father of all of Jewish people and the the collective Jewish soul. So whereas like maybe originally Adam was supposed to be this collective Jewish soul, he eventually became the collective soul of all of humanity. Whereas then Yaakov took this original collective soul of Adam and he he served as a conduit for specifically channeling that Jewish part. So Yaakov, as we'll see, he actually rectified Adam's sin in a certain sense. And so uh, how is this and why specifically Yaakov? So let, let's just talk about that for a second is we see that Yaakov was the only one of the forefathers who all of his children were Jewish. So Avraham, he had Yitzchak, right? But he also had Ishmael. Yitzchak had Yaakov, but he also had Esav. And those were his sons. Then we come to Yaakov and all of his children were Jewish. They were These were the 12 tribes. So he, there, were, there was a more of like a pure lineage that came from him in a certain sense. And this is because he really was this conduit. He was the one that was able to rectify Adam's sin in the sense. So that now when we think about us, Jews and our souls, we can really think about tracing their origin back to Yaakov. And we can think about how we can really see Yaakov as this collective Jewish soul. So that's what we're going to be learning about today. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we can tap into this uh, this aspect of Yaakov and what that's all about. So let's get into the text. And for context, we are in the middle of Epistle 7 of Igeris HaKodesh. And so here we go. So, uh, the, so, so this portion today begins actually from with a quote from the Gemara, from Bava Metzia, page 84, a, where it says, that the consummate beauty of Yaakov resembles the consummate beauty of Adam. So there's a connection, the Gemara is telling us, between Yaakov and Adam in terms of his beauty. His beauty like reflected Adam's beauty uh, and resembled Adam's beauty. And so why is this? Because Yaakov rectified the sin of Adam Arishon, as I mentioned in the introduction. And so his soul too was also made up of all of the souls of all Jewish people from for, for forever, for all times. And he was a he was a vehicle for Torah that was above that was called that's called by the name of Adam. So we know that tor- that this word Adam we usually think of it in terms of Adam like the first Adam, but it's used in different contexts and it sometimes can actually be referred to as Torah. Torah is sometimes um, referred to as Adam, uh, and like we see that we see for example there's a verse in uh, Bamidbar. Chapter 19, verse 14, where it says, Zot HaTorah Adam, which this is the Torah Adam. So basically, it's like the uh, the Midrashic explanation for that is that there's, we're basically making saying that Adam is synonymous with Torah. And so also we see that there's um, there's another thing. This is from Yech, uh, Yechezkel, chapter 1, verse 26, the famous, a very famous vision that Yechezkel had of the chariot where it says, that on the likeness of the throne, there was a likeness as the appearance of Adam. And according to the Kabbalah, this is again a reference, this this likeness of Adam that Yechezkel saw, this was, a, uh, this was a manifestation of the Torah. And also another citation the Ultra Rabbi brings here, this time from Rut, chapter 4, verse 7, where it says, V'zot lifanim b'Israel chule, that literally means, and this was the custom in former times in Israel, that this, there's a, um, according to the Zohar, 
when we say this word zot, which means this, zot, is there is no, the Zohar says, en zot ela Torah chulei. There is no zot other than Torah. Meaning that this word zot is, an, again, an association with the word Torah. And so now to look back at that verse and that citation to understand what it's saying there, v'zot lifnim b'Yisrael chulei. So the literal translation again is, and this was the custom uh, in the times of Israel, like that's sort of like the simple reading of the text. But if we look at it more literally, we say vizot, this, or now we know it means Torah, lefanim b'Israel, meaning it's inside, lefanim means inside Israel. So, and what is Israel? Israel's the Jewish nation, sure. But we also know that Yaakov was called Israel. And so, uh, the, and sometimes we we refer to, to Yaakov as Israel Saba, Israel, the patriarch, which is, there's a whole Kabbalistic explanation as to what that means exactly, what that represents. But the main idea is that one way of understanding Yaakov as being like the, the grandfather of the Jewish people. So he was Israel Saba, the grandfather of the Jewish people. He contained within him all of the Neshamos. And so again, when we go back to that phrase, Vezot Lefanim Israel, we can say Vezot, the Torah, was inside of Yaakov, of Israel, right? And now, with all this in mind, so the, so the basic idea, just the takeaway from this, is this understanding of how Yaakov really now, it's no longer Adam, but it's actually Yaakov who channels this Adam and who is serves as this collective soul for all of the Jewish people. And now we can go back to that phrase, which we had brought up previously. Uh, in Brachis, where we talked about how Yaakov uh, set up an altar to God and that he called it Kel. He called upon God. There's different interpretations. Did he call Did he call the altar by the name of God? Did he call God God and say this altar is for the sake of a God or whatever? Here we're going to bring another interpretation of it where it says this, where the phrase, it says once again, it says, Veikha lo Kel elokei Israel, which means, Literally, again, he called him Kel, the God of Israel. So now we're actually going to understand that this this uh, word Kel is uh, it's a reference specifically because we know God has many different names. So this is a reference to God's drawing down of his revelation of the light of the infinite light from concealment into revelation to become revealed in a person's soul. As it says, Kel Hashem v'yarlanu. As it says, uh, and this is from Tehillim chapter 119 verse 130 where it says God and Kel is the Lord and he has given us light and so what this means basically is that it's not random like when when Yaakov called God by the name of Kel he wasn't just like just saying this like oh I'm calling out to God randomly he specifically word that used the word Kel because he was drawing down God's infinite light and so this is and how was he able to do this? Because he is the conduit. Yaakov is this conduit that draws down God's infinite light by virtue of him being the collective soul. And then the altar rabbi goes on and he says that after this, all those who are straight in their heart, who are involved in Torah mitzvahs, then the light of God shines upon them in a way of that is revealed in their soul. So it's like sort of like Yaakov like instigated this power and then through that power, he by virtue of him doing that, he gave this power to everybody else to continue it after him. And then the ultra bit concludes here and he says that the time that this revelation is is the most intense and the most powerful uh, is in the hearts and minds of Jewish people is during prayer, as will be explained elsewhere. And, uh, and the ultra bit, just as a footnote here, it's basically 
that's going to be explained in uh, in Epistle 24, which is going to come up a little bit later in Ingeris HaKodesh. So that's the end of the section for today. So just in conclusion, to answer our question, was the biblical Adam Jewish? Yes and no. <laughs> so he sort of originally, yes, even though the if it would have stayed that way, we may not have called him Jewish per se, because there would have only been Jews. But on the other hand, we can say no, because what ended up happening when he sinned is that that gave rise to all the different nations so that later on there was a Jewish people that became really manifest ultimately through Yaakov. And so Yaakov then uh, was able to serve as this conduit and was able to to embody this original Adam in the sense that he became the collective soul of all the Jewish people. And this collective soul is associated with Torah, right? Because that's what Jews are all about. And this manifestation of the Torah that Yaakov drew down through, and the manif- which ultimately is the manifestation of God, which, with ya- which Yaakov drew down through his uh, sacrifice, the altar that he built, it become it is now he gave this the power so that this can be revealed in all Jews and this is especially manifest during times of prayer when when Jewish people are involved in prayer so that's it for today and we'll continue along these lines tomorrow continuing this epistle we're actually going to conclude the epistle tomorrow and I'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.